What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC 291 card going down this weekend from Salt Lake City, Utah. Headline by the rematch between Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje, a rematch of one of the best fights ever in MMA. So really looking forward to this one and just good overall top to bottom pay-per-view card. So looking forward to breaking down these fights. I'm joined by my man, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Hola, mi amigos. Doing great. We're still in July. July honestly feels like a very, it's been a very long month. Um, and it, the great thing about July as well, there's 31 days, if anybody forgot. Um, and this is going to be the second back-to-back pay-per-view that's fucking sweet. That's awesome. I love love this fight, um, this fight card. Between Spence and Crawford and a few fights on this card, I got four personal main events uh, for the week. And that's not even including the rising card either, the Bellator rising card. Um, although I haven't picked my main event for that one yet, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, last week was a little bit of a dud, you know, although a few, you know, a few things did come out, you know, are away, um, overall, I, you know, it was just kind of like a disappointing fight card. You know, I think we were right there with like, Hey, if this one pick comes through, I think I would have finished up, you know, nicely, but uh, I think it was mostly leaning on the Aspinall fight going over and then kind of like Jai Herbert. Uh, I think for for me, just because I had his money line and some decision line, um, but overall it was alright. I like the prelim card. The prelim card was you know was high in terms of uh, results for us. But uh, but yeah, what do you think? Or maybe we should just move on because the mm-hmm. Brits, you know, they did not show out in full force. Yeah, no, it was it wasn't a good card. It was a little better for card. I mean, the last time we were in London, I lost a ton of units. This time, only a few. Mm. Um, you know, props were good. You know, I had a, a, all GTDs, three out of four one. But then money lines were all pretty bad. Um, you know, not really best bet on the card. What would you, what do you say best bet on the card? Would you say between Stolyarenko, uh, Murphy, or um, what's his name, Mick Parkin? Who would you say mm, between those three? Probably, probably Parkin, because like that was Parkin, right? fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. It just like he looked like minus as whooping. Yeah, I, I I did end up getting on him at plus one thirty. Uh, FanDuel was holding like plus one thirty five, one forty. So I got on that, and then I think it I ended up closing like one fifteen. I think on most books. He's good, good, good. Yeah, he good dominated bet. Blah, blah, blah. But those other guys you mentioned too, they were all good bets. Yeah, just not a great week of, of money line reads for me there. Um, so ho- hope to bounce back here. Don't have anything I'm actually like super duper confident in here. Um, you know, I'd say I told you Danny Roberts was fucking finished, dude. I told you. Yeah, that was a good good read there. Yeah, that was a fight where like neither neither mm. guy was really like a good bet, but it definitely wasn't smart to, to be laying to be laying any type of small juice on Robert. that was great though i gotta give props to danny roberts he was taking some yeah shots, but he, like he's that. done dude he's he, done it's he's like done. it's like he actually fought like he he went out like, yeah he fight. fought he went he out fought. fighting which yeah. you know some guys when I, they're losing they resort to like this pussy <laughs> pussy mode of fighting he was like oh i'm losing i'm just gonna start yeah. swinging <laughs> yeah dude honestly and I, I i for a second i thought that person was just gonna get tired you know wailing on him and then, like, you know, Danny Roberts is going to knock him out. But, you know, then Danny Roberts, you know, he, he's done, though, dude. He, yeah. He, they should not give him any more fights. Yeah. I mean, he, give him Cage Warriors fight, you know? Yeah, I mean, props to him. Now, he could do, he does the Sean. He, 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 he should head up uh, Kill Cliff uh, England. Let's go. <laughs> get, it, get it out there. Uh, Kill Cliff England. Get it, get it going, too, Danny Roberts. I don't know if he'd be too qualified to be teaching, but. <laughs> Let the fighters decide, Marshall. You're not in that fraternity. Um. 
two fighters that are in that fraternity are the first two women in the first fight of the night in the prelims. Uh, I believe uh, only women's fight on the card. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, getting it out of, oh, getting it, let's getting go. Out of the way. First fight of the night. Yes. Miranda Maverick taking on Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, odds for this one have Maverick minus 280, Cachoeira plus 240. Something Ozzy said before this card is like, what's up with all the Brazilians on this card? We got like seven Brazilians on this card. Maybe they were like uh, originally going to fight or put this card in Brazil and then they couldn't find a main event and they they took a bribe and put it in Salt Lake City. Who knows? I feel like the Fourier versus Gaethje in front of a Brazilian crowd would be pretty cool. Um, but in this first fight, I mean, who really cares? I mean, I guess it's it's. Uh, I mean, Maverick is horrible. We saw that in her last fight. You know, Jasmine dominated her, but Cachoeira is at the possibility where you know she could just be instantly taken down and look horrible off her back. Um, but you know, on the feet, make no mistake, guys, on the feet, Miranda's going to be scared. You know, she's going to be a little t- terrified of Cachoeira coming at her on the feet. As she should be. As she no should doubt. Be. No doubt. I forget what her nickname is. Uh, Zombie Girl. Oh, makes perfect sense. Love that. And it should be the Elbow Queen, too, because the way she bodied Lipsky in her last fight, man, she should just steal that nickname. So, honestly, uh, you got to be cheering for Cachoeira here. Um, the only bet I could see you making is, like, Maverick sub, but the odds on that aren't even that good. So, I don't see anything here. Just hope Zombie Girl pulls off the upset. Uh, any any angles for you here interesting yeah about the brazilians here you know what i think it is i think there's like some brazilian contingency because i remember paulo costa uh in his fight he was like after his fight he was doing like interviews he's saying like how the brazilians loved him and all this shit like that like or the crowd so i guess they like brazilians over there i don't know but anyway getting into this fight um yeah, Miranda, that was a super bad look for her in her last fight. Obviously, much different here. You got a girl who is uh, looking to, to strike. If they do, you know, go into any grappling, um, you know, she's going to be looking to do damage, not really offensively grapple or hold her down. Um, I don't know what the under is here, but I think that would be the only in- thing of interest that I would like, just because thinking, you know, something similar to like uh, Shevchenko, if, if uh, what's her name, if uh, Miranda gets on top. But uh, but otherwise than that, I mean, just don't lay that Miranda Maverick juice. Like women's MMA juice has been pretty bad, I think, recently, if I'm not mistaken. But as always, it's always bad. We just talk ourselves into it every fucking time, or or you know, everybody does it. So you know, I'm not saying me or anybody else. But uh, but yeah, let's go on to the second fight. Yeah, under two and a half minus one twenty there, but I don't even think that's good. Um, ne- no. next one is a bit of a weird fight. Uh, Uros Medic moving up to one seventy here, taking on Matt Semmelsberger. Normally a lightweight Medic, but taking this fight very short notice. Minus two hundred for Semmelsberger. Medic plus one seventy. Any thoughts here? Mm, intriguing fight, just solely for me, and the fact that if I'm looking at Matthew Semmelsberger's career. Pretty pretty well built up, if I if I have to say so myself. You know, he's kind of gotten uh, a, a nice diet of fights, as in he's been uh, very active overall. He's fought a nice, uh, you know, array of talent levels and uh, styles, right? So he's fought like guys like Jason Wei, who are grapplers or wrestlers. Uh, Chaos William, who is like a, a brawler, boxer, durable guy, you know, a bum. Uh, <laughs> mixed in there, AJ, AJ Fletcher, who, who was trying to take him down, and now he's been fighting some experienced guys uh, like Morono and uh, Matthews. And then that fight last fight, which was awesome fight against Wells, which, I mean, it showed, I mean, I don't think it's that much of a downgrade or bad omen or a bad, uh, you know, precursor for Matthew Samosberger in the scope of the general division. You know, obviously when he goes against guys that know how to grapple and are Northeast 
uh, shoebox certified and you know, black belts, he's gonna have a problem. But when he's not, he's probably gonna be able to, you know, find, not find his way on his back. Now, I kind of like him here in this fight against Medich just because all the experience he does have, um, the fact that Medich, uh, grappling, I really haven't. Although I think jujitsu, I think this fight, these guys could cancel out in the in the grappling. So my problem is that uh, Medich, his hand game is not that great. I feel in terms of defending punches and taking them. Um, so I do feel this fight could be a little bit close in early on, just because Medich does come out with some good energy, throws down some some good shots down the middle, keeps distance. I don't know who has the reach advantage here, but you know Medich does fight long. Um, but I do feel Matthew Semmelsberger is the rightful favorite, unless Medich has been doing some real, I don't know, different stuff at you know Black House, which I don't know it's a, it's a weird fight. It's a, maybe a little volatile just because you know the weight difference. Uh, but Medich is a big uh, 155er, so it's honestly not that surprising to me that he's moving up uh, a division. But uh, but outside of Matthew Summersberger for sure. Yeah, this is a this is a tough fight um, because I don't think Medich is that you know uh, disadvantaged by the weight here because you know he is moving up 15 pounds in weight, but he's a huge lightweight, and I don't think he'll be. Uh, he, two undersized, you know, they're the same height, four inch reach for Semmelsberger. Uh, but I think that, you know, the South Paul, just the speed of Medich should give Matthew some, some troubles here though. A um, little bit of, of in the rumor mill going around that uh, Medich isn't quite at, you know, hundred percent for this fight might be coming in and compromised, uh, which I think you could see reflected in the line movement. I think he was, you know, plus one fifty early in the week. And then all of a sudden he shot up to almost 200. And, you know, definitely, like Ozzy said, rightful favorite for Semmelsberger. Minus 150, I think, would be correct. Um, because I don't think either guy is going to be wrestling here. We have seen Semmelsberger on top a little bit throughout his career. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to be hitting takedowns uh, as a game plan here. He definitely, definitely prefers to strike. And this guy has power in his hands, man. I mean, he's got fucking six knockdowns in his past three fights. Um, and just, he, he hits really hard. So, when this is on the feet... Uh, it's going to be volatile, man. I think they're going to be both hitting each other with clean shots. And I do think that the Southpaw, the speed of Medic should give uh, Semmelsberger some problems. So even if there is some some uh, speculation about Medic being injured, I think 170 is probably still good enough for a small bet. Uh, wouldn't go crazy. Definitely wouldn't go more than a unit. Uh, I'll probably end up for like a half unit myself. That's going to move us along to a fight in the flyweight division. CJ Vergara taking on Vincius Salvador. In this one, we have uh, Vergara as the favorite, minus 150, Salvador plus 130. So Salvador yet to get a UFC win. He did have that victory in the Contender Series where he knocked out uh, Shannon Ross there. Oof, amazing fight. Oh, ep- Don't, go watch that, guys. Go watch that one. Epic one. Uh, but after, see- after seeing like uh, Ross get knocked out so easily in his past two fights, it actually makes that fight not look that impressive. But maybe it was Salvador's uh, punches that fully put the coffin the nails in the coffin for uh, Shannon Ross's career. Um, but, you know, this fight, uh, I think when it's on the feet, it will be really close. I definitely see a pretty clear advantage in the cardio here for CJ Vergara. Uh, he's likely the better grappler here as well. So I definitely think that, you know, this line, you know, I'd say CJ may be a slight favorite just on cardio because this guy can just, he can take a ton of damage and keep fighting. He's come back in a lot of his fights and, uh, 
you know, that, that is worth a lot, especially a flyweight. But I think when it's on the feet, it's going to be uh, really competitive, maybe even an advantage for Salvador. I think he's probably the harder hitter out of the two. Um, but Vergara is hard to put away. So I, I bet Salvador early in the week, you know, not in love with it. Um, this will likely uh, be a close decision where Vergara definitely has more potential to pull away late. So at this current prices, I probably don't have any advice. Maybe I'll pass it over to Ozzy for some for more conviction. So we got this 125 fight. I have not consulted my boy, Mike Summerman picks. I will do that eventually. But I do have a pick on this fight. I did make a wager, or I will be making a wager on CJ Vergara to win this fight. Now, the reason I like CJ Vergara, um, you know, the guy, like you said, hard to put away, amazing cardio, um, you know, crazy Mexican. Obviously, you know, uh, people remember the Daniel Lacerda thing where he gets clipped. I forget what hand he got hit with. Because, I mean, Daniel Lacerda was trying to finish him, for sure. And he was running away and all these kinds of things. But I love guys like that because they're doing anything they can to win. Like, this guy wants to win so bad. You saw how he's just screaming and yelling after he, you know, this guy, he's a fighter's fighter. He's a guy that fights for your money. But now, matchup-wise, he's fighting this guy, Vinicius Salvador, who, Southpaw, for my boy, Victor Altamirano. Now, Victor, you know, Victor was not able to land all that much on Salvador. But what he was able to do is... Even with the little power Victor does have, you know, he's better, at play- he's better at playing the violin than he is at knocking people out. But he was able to back up uh, Salvador on multiple occasions where Salvador was then taken down against the fence. Or Victor was able to initiate grappling scenarios. But, you know, Victor's not the fastest guy. You know, I do feel that CJ, um, you know, once, once he does get going, he does throw good shots overall. Um, he is available to be hit, but he's, he, uh, I feel uh volume wise in any exchanges that he has with salvador should probably be able to come out ahead at least for the majority of the fight as long as he gets out of you know the early on when salvador is a little bit quicker um and then we're at altitude and i don't feel that uh, salvador has good uh cardio he struggles with the weight cut and um and yeah so you know i just i don't i don't want to p- pick a prop because i feel that uh cj could finish him or this could go to a decision so, um, but I'm comfortable at anything under minus 150 to go with CJ Vergara here in uh, Salt Lake City. All right, that'll move us along to the next fight in the welterweight division. Jake Matthews taking on Darius Flowers, making his UFC debut here. Uh, Matthews is the favorite, minus 256. Flowers plus 216. Pass it right back to you, Ozzy. Any thoughts on this one? Mm, 170 fight here. You know, we got... Uh, uh jake matthews who he was able to successfully avoid jeremiah wells and god bless his soul but they're sending uh darius flowers here to do the job and i think my brother darius flowers might still be able to do the job i think darius flowers is a chicago guy so what do you think how, how does chicago stack up with uh with philly uh martian what would you say philly why philly, is, yeah. why is why is jake matthews philly because or because I'm I'm just comparing uh Darius Flowers and Jamar Wells. Oh, I see. Um but they didn't fight. Did well they? Jake Matthews is supposed to fight him like two I different see, guys. I see. Well uh they're pretty pretty comparable places. I think Philly is obviously better, but uh especially okay. MMA anyway. MMA wise, yeah. Okay, perfect. Anyway, so yeah, so this fight I actually like Darius Flowers a little bit. Not a crazy big amount, just because you know the guy he has a hard time making 170. Um, you know, I don't know about his cardio, you know, Jake Matthews for all things, you know, that he has, like the best thing he has is a lot of experience, a lot of rounds in the UFC cage. Um, so even if he's losing like a fight to Darius Hawes early, I don't know if Darius Hawes can freaking pace himself. Um, and then that being said as well, 
I do think that eventually Darius is going to look to grapple, going to look to take uh, uh, Jake Matthews. It's just a style of how, how this guy fights. Like, he just throws haymakers, and then, you know, they're going to end up in a 50-50 clinch or position or something like that. And I do feel Jake Matthews could cement this guy. So, um, um, you know, the, the line's coming down. I don't think there's that much value on Darius Flowers, you know, once you're kind of getting a little, you know, close to that 200 number. I think it'd be a good fight to gamble on maybe a little bit. Maybe we take a little bit of the over just because I do think Darius will have some early success. And then I, I think that Matthew's prime way to finish is the submission, but they have that, uh, you know, really, really low price. But I never trust, it's never Jake Matthews for me. So it will be over or nothing here for me. Um, I think I will probably pass unless the over improves a little bit and there's no juice. Yeah, this guy's weird, man. Flowers, like he's fought. His last fight was at 170. His fight before that was at 185. He was scheduled to fight Eric Gonzalez, and he was planning to move down to 155. And now he's bouncing back up to 170. So it's like this dude was—he's just bouncing all over the place, honestly. Um, and his past, you know, few fights—they're uh, really quick finishes in the first round. He really hasn't, you know, had too many uh, fights that you can really look at and 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 compare to Jake Matthews here. Uh, it probably will be the toughest fight of his career, and the odds kind of reflect that. But, I mean, it's it's never Matthews at minus 250, like Ozzy was saying. I mean, the guy is notoriously unreliable and kind of underperforms at times. And then it's the fights like where you think he's actually outmatched is the ones where he actually does good and, and tends to win. So, um, no interest at all in, in betting Matthews for, for me. Um, you know, Flowers, maybe I'll look into him a little bit more, but I don't think I see anything too enticing uh, in this one. But this just does kind of feel like a fight that, uh, Matthews will lose like this guy just always, you know, underperforms in spots like this. So, uh, moving along to the premier division in the UFC, the middleweight division, Roman Kopilov taking on Claudio Hibero. And in this one, we have Kopilov as the favorite minus 200 Hibero plus 170. Um, Kopilov is getting better, man. I mean, this guy came into the UFC years and years ago and got choked out by Carl Roberson. And, you know, I thought he was a complete bum and, uh, you know, profited against him, against DeKirko. But then in recent fights, I've been realizing this guy is actually better than he is. Oh, I actually took a bath on uh, DeKirko versus him as well. That was a a big against loss. Against, against uh, Kopilov? Oh, yeah, Alessio. Alessio. I was like, even, I was like, even odds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had Hopalop. I had Hop You did. You did. I remember. I did. Uh, that was that was a good discussion. Um. Anyway. Um. I also had the GTD there. That was a rough one. Yeah. Big. big I loss. did as well. I did too. Big Fuck. loss on that one. Um. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, this guy is he's he's weird because he's a quick southpaw striker. I really like his striking style. Got a pretty unique striking style. Like not many guys are throwing strikes like this guy does on the feet. A lot of good combinations. A lot of good kicks. Fights on the outside pretty well. Uses his length. And I just think he's getting a, a lot better as a fighter. Uh, his cardio is one of those weird guys where he looks like he is gassing out, but then he somehow comes back and uh, and throws, you know, some darting combination that ends up hurting you. So um, he, he's young still. He's, you know, only 32. But in fight years, you know, only 12 fights for this guy, right? Only two losses. And I just think that we're actually seeing him get better. And uh, I think that this is a spot where we'll continue to see that because Hebert, on the other hand, I've been pretty skeptical of this guy against him in both of his fights so far and i just don't think he's really any good you know the holmes fight i guess was a slight improvement but that is also joseph holmes we're dealing with and it's just such a different fight um that fight was in the big cage um uh, you know he did do good in the big cage there for his first time uh but i just think that a holman style of you know 
being very fleet of foot, throwing these combinations. I think that he's going to be outstriking and being much quicker than Hibero on the feet here. So Hibero is going to hit takedowns, and he's got to hit takedowns if he wants to win, and I don't really trust his wrestling enough to do so. So I'll be going with Kopi Love here. The price, I actually think, is you know probably in the territory of value. I think I should bring you know, Kopi Love a little bit bigger of a favorite here. Um, so what, what about you? Yeah, I like this Russian here, Omen Kopilov. Um, I think this guy just got good skills overall. You know, I think I underrated him a little bit. His, uh, I think it was his last fight a little bit. You know, I just didn't really think uh, against Puna. I just didn't think he um, he was just going to kind of, like, come out in the – I mean, he whipped Puna's ass, fucking pillar to post. And uh, and I think he's going to do the same here because the guy's, uh, you know, a softball striker, but he's very, very smart, stays in a really, really good um, stance the whole time, is very defensive, responsible. And Claudio Herbero, what he loves is he just loves being able to slug in there with you. And the fact is that he's actually not even that powerful if you just stay disciplined. Because the way that you get knocked out is like that guy on the contender series, that fucking idiot. When you're just hooking with, like, you guys, if you're just hooking with each other, any dude could fucking knock you out. But home, uh, Roman is much more jab oriented, um, has some good kicks. And I even think, honestly, you know, you're speaking about the the uh, takedowns, but I, I think submission grappling-wise, I think he's actually probably uh, better than Claudio, in my opinion, especially in the longevity of a fight. Um, and I just think he's got more weapons, uses them better, um, and is going to be at a, a, a nice advantage here, starting from round one. And then I think he'll be able to carry it, and it'll only compound as the fight goes. So this is a guy that I'm definitely looking to. This line came down, you know, uh, but... Anything under like, you know, I'm I'm trying to get this two these two hundred. I I played a little two hundred, but I'm looking to pick pick up some more a little bit lower, um, just because I I just don't think that Claudio is a very consistent guy over 15 minutes, and I feel that Roman is a tough guy to finish. Look at the riot fight; this guy's tough. Yeah, got his ass whooped in the second round, 10-8, and then came back and won the third tough, round. Man, he 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 fought. I think he has like one or two five round fights too on the Russian scene. Um, this dude's tough. He's good. And we're talking about the line coming in. As I was talking about his cardio, like if if Hibera was looking like good early on in this fight, and you Kopilov's doing that thing where he looks tired, look for a live bet on Kopilov here because this guy multiple fights in a row now he's been you know looking tired early on and then he comes back and actually does really well late in the fight so um that'll move us along to uh the Derek lewis fight the heavyweight fight uh Derek lewis taking on uh marcos hojiro de lima de lima is the big favorite here minus 239 lewis plus 204 absolutely massive steam on de lima i remember this line came out like a month or two ago and i thought you know yeah lima minus 115 minus 125 that's probably good i mean lewis seems pretty done they've gotten out of hand with this line i tell you that minus 240 now for de lima um your turn to start this one off ozzy you got my birthday buddy here marcos hojiro you know i'm a big fan of his Obviously, you know, last fight, it, I was super torn. They had my boy Waldo uh, against him. And, you know, my boy Waldo, bro, for, for, for being like a few years into his MMA career, I feel my boy Waldo, that was a valiant effort. And I look forward to Waldo versus, um, especially in that third round, I look forward to, to, to Waldo versus uh, Yair Rosenstrike. I think that fight needs to happen. Um, but here, I mean, there's not, yeah, it'd be awesome. Not that much to say other than people forget, bro, that my birthday buddy, uh, Mar Marcos Hargerio, he's a little bit of a quitter sometimes, dude. So, you know, I think he's going to knock Derek Lewis out. Don't get me wrong. 
I think one of them is going to get knocked out. But what I was just talking about with you here, where if you're down to be swinging in the pocket, you know, who knows? But Marcos Higerio, the thing is, he has three different dimensions. He could leg kick the fuck out of Derek Lewis. He could throw the hands and probably be quicker and more accurate and, you know, just throwing uh, a better flurry than Derek Lewis. Or he could probably go to the takedown. So it's three avenues that, you know, he has a, over, a, a, a pretty solid advantage. Um, but you never know, dude. I, I would never want to lose uh, against Derek Lewis at Juice. So I'm good, dude. This fight, is this still in the prelims? Right? We're still in yeah, the they put him on the prelims. Um, okay, what, is there one more fight? Who's the last yeah. fight in the prelims? It's, Giles uh, is this one? Oh, Giles and Mumphy. Okay, so yeah, so I'm good, you know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I'm going to pick my birthday, my birthday twin. Yeah, I'm eyes up. Let's go. Logically speaking, Dillian has way more ways to win. And, you know, it was definitely it seems like he's the more active and, uh, you know, surging fighter right now. Lewis, definitely not so much. <laughs> His last fight against Spivak just getting dragged well, down over and over. What were you going to say? Yeah, like Lima, the thing is, though, Lima, like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. Honestly, I just think it's like a feigned uh, confidence that people have after seeing him fight Blagoy, fucking Ben Rothwell, Arlovsky, like, you know, Waldo's got like fucking six fights, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Derek Lewis is a different level athlete, but uh, I don't want to bet on Derek Lewis, bro. It's, uh, well, Derek Lewis, yeah, I mean, the way he was getting taken out of that fight, Spivak <laughs> was like trapping his wrist, you know, and then he was t- dragging him down, and then Lewis was just falling like face first into the mat. <laughs> and then, yo, but up. you saw that Derek Lewis said that he kind of wanted to cancel that fight as well. You saw that? Yeah, yeah. That he, he said that he was feeling bad or whatever. He just, he looked, yeah, he just looked like he doesn't even really <laughs> want to be in there in his past few fights. So, I mean, that alone it probably makes the price pretty accurate here. But where it's at, man, you can't. there's no way you could be considering laying this juice on the Lima. It's, it's Lewis or pass. You know, it's Lewis KO or pass. Um, that's enough about that shit, man. Um, last fight <laughs> on the prelims. Uh, this is this is a good one. We got Trevin Giles taking on Gabriel Bonfin. Odds for this one uh, have Bonfin minus three twelve. Uh, Officer Giles plus two sixty two. Two LFA veterans here. Um, Giles way back in the day LFA. Actually, no, he didn't even. It was RFA back then. That's how far he. That's peaked. when he peaked. That that's when Giles peaked, bro. Right. That's no, Giles peaked. peaked when he uh, he beat Roman Delize. Um, no, no, no. Giles peaked when he retired from the. He quit his job as a cop. No, no, he's still a he's still a police officer. I follow him on Instagram actually for some reason. Um, but um, yeah, still Officer Giles. Uh, he got real lucky in his last fight, winning that one against Parsons. Thought he deserved Fuck it. That. God damn, that just pissed me off remembering <laughs> that. Fuck. Um, but Fina, I know I'm a little skeptical of the guy just because he's you know a typical uh you know contender series type of guy where all of his wins. Our quick finishes, a lot of lot of bad fighters on his record too. I mean, if you look up until like his his you know tenth fight, he was fighting guys with losing records, one and zero records. I mean, he had really really soft matchmaking. He's really only had uh you know four real fights in his career. Uh, you know, two in the LFA, one on the contenders, uh, one in the UFC. But both the wins in the UFC and contenders, you know, Trey Waters, Murniel Aziz, those were you know impressive victories. You know, both pretty quick subs. Waters is. 
uh, you know, a, a horrible grappler on the mat. Um, <laughs> but you know, he got those, he got them done and got them done early. It's just when, when you're, when you're talking about a fighter who's an early finisher, there's always going to be that question of what does it look like if he can't get that early finish? And Giles is not an early finisher. He's completely the opposite. He's a total decision fighter. Doesn't have a, a great record in decisions. Um, but, you know, he's way more experienced. I think we have a way better idea of where he's at in his career uh, as a fighter. I think he's probably um, the slightly better striker. It's just he does uh, get susceptible to being choked out at times. You know, a couple times he's been choked <laughs> Is out. Is that all? <laughs> uh, oh, he's been, yeah, he gets dropped with punches. And yeah, he, he has his issues. But the thing is, guys, you're getting him at plus 260. And I do think that the price is good enough to warrant a small bet on, on Giles. Likely a donation. Don't don't you know don't go too heavy on it because it's basically a donation to your local police department. So however much money you'd be comfortable donating to your local police department, put it on Trevin Giles and maybe make uh, two point seven times your money this weekend. So wow, all right, multiply that. Yeah, so um, Trevin Giles, I don't think he's gonna win this fight. You know, obviously, like you said, Trevin Giles got good experience. Like I say, I thought he peaked in LFA. Um, you know, he had like a few five round fights in there. Um, when he came into UFC, honestly, he kicked some dudes' ass super bad, and then uh, and then he fucked up uh, a dude that I liked, uh, Braga Neto, because Braga, Braga, yeah, Braga Neto was a cool gee guy, and I was like, oh, I was pumped for Braga Neto, and he got demolished by Trevin Giles. Um, but then it was, you know, the Trevin Giles that we know now, the uh, you know, uh, untrustworthy. You know, the thing is though, you know, you call him a decision guy, but the issue is. That the guy at 170, I just don't think he's got a chin. I don't think he has a chin. I don't think he could go to decisions often. And he's going to get caught in something. Or somebody's going to get caught. So I like, right now, I have not played it yet because it's like, what's the point? I don't really think it's going to move. But I think this fight is going under one and a half. Because Trevin Giles, bro, he got to make some shit happen. He got dropped in that pressing person fight. But the thing is, Gabriel Bonfin, he actually, he's a, pressing person is a better wrestler. But Bonfin on the ground, I think he's a much more um, detail oriented. So I feel uh, if it does go to the ground, I feel he will be able to lock up something on Trevin Giles. Maybe he can knock him out, or maybe Trevin can knock him out. But they're gonna get busy. I'm leaning towards under one and a half. What what is the odds on that? It's minus one forty five. Yeah, I see that. I mean, if he loses, it's very very likely gonna be under one and a half. So. They're going to, I feel like they're going to get busy. You know, Giles got some skills, but the thing is, I don't feel that uh, he's going to hold frame long enough for his experience to uh, play the role that that, that he needs it to. That is a good point. Very good point. He doesn't really do too well when the fight starts getting a little rough in there. He likes it nice. It likes it nice and clean. Um, does have a win over the legend, James Krause, though. Um, moving on to the pay per view main card, you know, five fight main card. I, really entertaining. I really think that they they booked this one well. I think top to bottom, it's enthralling, entertaining matchups. Only one big favorite. A lot of a lot of closely lined fights. So not not entertaining enough for Dana White. The the fuckers in Italy. Cocksuck. Oh yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan is, was in Greece too. I wonder if he's uh, wonder if he's. Back I'm the yet. only one. One of my buddy ju- buddies just came back from Italy. What the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? I'm talking to Martian MMA on fucking. <laughs> about ufc 289 or whatever the fuck but let's go let's go make car let's go new york city has europe like in in it you know you don't even need to go in there. it i'm i am in europe i am in europe yeah. you're right you're right brother um 
Starting off, welterweight division, Michael Chiesa taking on Kevin Holland. Former lightweight versus former middleweight here. Odds for this one have Kevin Holland as the minus 145 favorite. Michael Chiesa plus 125. Underdog, your turn to start it off on this first fight on the main card. First fight on the main card, Michael Chiesa. You know, I feel like I like Michael Chiesa. You know, he's, you know, I like grapplers, little gangly dudes. And I always remember his stint on Tough Live. Tough Live was actually super cool, but... Apparently, like, the production, like, it just caught, it's just too much logistics. They can't do it again. But when they did it, it was super cool. Um, and I actually think Five Diamonds back in the day, Tony R.I.P., they would actually put up uh, fight odds for, like, the fight. And as you would, like, find out about it, it was pretty cool. But, um, so, yeah, he won that. He's a, you know, great grappler. Uh, go-go gadget arms. Um, you know, underrated wrestler, but knows the scrambles, knows the nogi jujitsu. He doesn't know the shoe box, but he knows the the the, the nogi jujitsu. So he's good. You know, sets a good pace. Knows the positions that you want to hustle to, that you want to get to, that you want to control. That 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 make um, that work for his attributes as well. Um, so he's a, just a well versed grappler. Now Kevin Holland is well versed at giving up those positions. That guys like Kevin, <laughs> that that Michael Chiesa thrive within okay so it's just a fact um and michael kiesa's skill set is just like you know i'm not saying it's like Chima- it's more like chamayev's than it is Derek brunson's you know if if you will listeners of the martian and ozzy podcast um so you would think you know the odds when you're looking at them you're like i got michael kiesa at dog odds the guy's gone five rounds before he's a natural welterweight now he's a southpaw he hasn't fought in a while. He this is probably like a good matchup for him. He's fought a guy like this before. You know, everything points to Michael Chiesa, but he's a flake. The motherfucker be flaking sometimes. But I have to play him at dog odds, you know, here. Now, on top of that, you know, some of my guys say that they really like the decision line. I'm not as enthusiastic on that. Um, but I'm gonna just play his money line now. Just to talk about Kevin Holland, obviously, these guys got big, big power in the hands. But I think the biggest reason that I like the matchup as well for Michael Chiesa, not thinking about the uh background, is more so like knowing the weight cut of Calvin Holland going down to 170 here. I really do think it, it does deplete him, and I do think that he he was cutting down to this weight or not cutting down to this weight for a reason. There's just some guys they just don't respond well to the weight cut, bro. They don't respond well to the weight cut. They don't their body doesn't respond well to the shift in diet. You know, I know for for one, um, you know, that shit when they say like these guys like they're in like they're in like their insides like you know they'll have like inflammation or you know that their stomach will be bad. It's true, dude. When you're cutting weight, when you're you know trying to you know do all these kinds of things, cutting out carbs, working out all the times, depleting yourself, you feel like shit. And I feel Kevin Holland, he really doesn't like this weight cut. I feel like he's going to be too weak in the clinch in those underhook positions that he gives up to Michael Chiesa. And he's going to be stuck on his back. And I do think that Michael Chiesa, he locks up like a body triangle at some point and starts wailing away ground and pound looking for a That's why I'm not really as enthusiastic about the decision line. But I will pick Michael Chiesa to win this fight. That was a very astute breakdown. Some of your best work. I com- I completely agree with everything there. Um. You know, not even too much more to add. I'm on Kiesa as well, 1.75 units. I really think it would be even more if we really had a good idea of where Kiesa was at now. You know, I do think there is a little bit of of skepticism on where this guy is going with his career. You know, he's working the analyst job now, hasn't fought in a, uh, a year and eight months. You know, long layoff for, for Maverick here. Um, 
And he also has lost fights that he should have won before. Vincente Luque, in retrospect, you know, this guy's been on the decline in the recent years, has always not done too well against wrestlers. And, you know, that fight really should have been Michael Kessa's fight. And then he got choked out in the first round there. Um, so that's why you can't go, you know, the full. I really think that, you know, this would be like a three unit bet or more if we could fully, fully trust Kiesa. But because there's a little bit of skepticism about where he's at, I, I'll, I'll reduce the risk a little bit. But I still got to have a considerable wager on him just because the matchup is so, so clearly in his favor uh, if he shows up in top form. So let's hope Kiesa can wrestle, hope he can make it look like the Magni fight. And, uh, you know, hope Holland lays on his back, you know, slapping him. In Freaking the Cowboy Oliveira had, like, basically Kevin Holland's back at the end of a round. Yeah. He won the first <laughs> round. Yeah, he won the first. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. But, I mean, there is a part of me, though, that definitely sees, like, Kevin Holland just, like, landing a left hook on this guy's chin and him dropping. Them. So, yeah, I'm not trying to go too big. Yeah. I am fucking uh, Tim Means took him down a few times as well. So I mean, he's just mm-hmm. Holland's the same fire, the same same fire he was five ten fights ago. Man, I really don't think this guy is really improving. Um, and I think look, he had Terrence McKinney. He had Terrence McKinney training with him, right? You remember Terrence was like, vibes. "Yo, I'm training with Kevin now." And then look what happened. The same shit happened to Terrence. That always happens. That's that's good. That's good to know. Uh, we're moving along to the lightweight division. Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green here. Bobby Green, big, big favorite, minus 400. Tony Ferguson, plus 300. So I like the matchmaking person. You know why? Because I like Bobby Green. And I am interested in seeing the demise of Tony Ferguson. I've really been enjoying watching him uh, fall off this cliff and just lose fights decisively, take a ton of damage, get knocked unconscious. I, I've really been enjoying it. Um, and, you know, the UFC hates Tony Ferguson. I've been saying this for multiple fights now. But, like, if he he lost that fight to Gaethje and they're thinking, like, okay, you know, let's he's on a huge win streak, 12, 12 fights in a row, didn't get a title shot. Let's give him a bounce back. Nope, they give him to Oliveira. It gets destroyed by Oliveira. They give him to Darius. It's like every time he gets dominated in one of these fights, they keep giving him just as difficult opponents. Um, so it seems like they uh, remember they were trying to give him Lee Jing Liang for his first fight at 170. Yes. Like they yes. want to, they want the, Tony Ferguson injured and they're getting it. Um, and you know, this matchup isn't the worst one, but still, man, I think Bobby Green is gonna, you know, play pinball with, with Tony Ferguson's head here, man. I just think that the speed difference, Tony Ferguson can't really seem to get his head off the center line anymore. Bobby Green's hands are still extremely fast. They come from that from those low angles. And I just think that this fight is gonna be Bobby Green boxing the ears off of Ferguson. It it might be a knockout. I'll probably you know, what What are the odds on knockout versus decision here? Because um, they have KO for uh, Green plus 150. It's not great, man. But, man, I really think that that he's going to be eating a, an insane amount of punches. I mean, look <laughs> what Nate Diaz was landing on. Nate Diaz was absolutely yeah, clowning yeah, yeah, him. No, and, Nate, and, and, and Bobby's way faster than him. So, I mean, uh, this is going to be target practice for Bobby Green. Some people... Maybe myself included got a really good Bobby Green line way back in the day on DraftKings. Uh, where it's at now, the line is probably accurate. 80% for Bobby Green here. I, I really don't think Tony could win a fight against almost anybody in the lightweight division at this point. No, no, that's not true. But, um, you know, hopefully Tony, you know, after his, you know, hiatus right here, he's done something, took some drugs, you know, done some surgeries. I don't know what this motherfucker does. But... Um, yeah, against Nate, that was bad, dude. I had Nate pretty big there. 
Um, I even had some of the inside the distance, but just Tony looked. It's just when you see, you see, it's like nerves getting cut off because it's like how how he's used to moving his body, like it just doesn't all connect as fluid anymore. So he's doing the same kind of movements, but they look so labored. You, have you seen um, the so, video of him? Like you know how he used to do that knee slide when he was getting introduced, mm-hmm. like five mm-hmm. years ago. He's like yes. him back and forth, and then now he right. he literally can't do it. Like his knees. I I tried not to avoid some of that because you know I, I'm I'm getting up there in age as well, but I'm not watched yet. But, yeah, I'm trying to stay nimble, too. So, let's go, Tony. But, yeah, I, I, the thing with Tony is, like, yeah, he's never been a guy who avoids uh, shots very well. You know, he he looks at usually parry punches. Um, but, you know, obviously, when your reaction time slows and your, you know, hand speed and stuff like that, that becomes, uh, you know, uh, detrimental to your health, most more than likely. Um, and then he's never really been a, a control takedown guy, whether it be as in like control, right? Get it like work your way into a clinch, control against the fence, like how like Sean Brady and Pat Sabatini do, and then they'll fucking take you down and then whatever. Or um, even if he, he got like a takedown in the middle of the cage, like holding the guy down. So, yes, yeah, so I think he's gonna lose. He's gonna get his face boxed off. Um, and it's gonna be too sweaty. I don't even wanna be on this over or goes distance because I don't want Tony to be getting his ass whooped. I mean, rooting for him to just stay in there. So I don't want that to happen on my conscience. Um, I want to save my good juju for the for the next few fights and the Crawford-Spence fight. So I'll save my goodwill, my good luck, and my, uh, you know, my good deeds with uh, God and uh, the <laughs> MMA gods. And uh, and we'll move on to this next fight. I wouldn't knock anyone for taking green KO because, like, I really feel like the entire fight, it's probably going to look, like, promising that it could happen. Uh, plus 180 on FanDuel, so... That's a good that's a good bet to gamble on. Um, next fight is a banger in the welterweight division. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson taking on Michelle Pereira. Odds for this one have Wonderboy minus one forty five, Pereira plus one twenty five. Popular underdog all week. Pereira's getting bet. What do you think about this line movement here? What do you think about this matchup? Oh, and this is the next fight. This is the Pereira fight. Okay, or or excuse me, uh, we're talking about Michelle Pereira. First Pereira. I'm um, yeah. sorry. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Um, yeah, cool fight here. Um, I don't know what Michelle Pereira has been doing. It's been a while since he fought. Um, he fought that Santiago fight, which I thought Santiago won. What do you think? Who you thought won? He, uh, against Pereira? I didn't, I didn't rewatch it, but, um. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I think Santiago won. Anyway, I think Santiago won. But either way, so, you know, he hasn't fought in a while. Um, but the guy, you know, what I will say is, if you look at his, a lot of his fights, his a lot of his offense comes from body strikes, right? Just throwing like front kicks to the body, jab to the body, you know, kicks to the body, all this bullshit, and then some leg kicks and stuff like that. But honestly, his range striking is not that good. Um, he's not really that consistent with it. So I don't really know what his strategy is gonna be in this fight. Now that being said, similar to what I said about Matthew Summersberger, this motherfucker as well has fought, you know, a nice diet of fighters, but he ain't fought a Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Let me tell you. And Steven Wonderboy Thompson will win this fight. He will be victorious. He's going to kickbox the fuck out of Michelle Pereira. These, you know, these guys saying, hey, Michelle Pereira, he's going to do this double leg and he's going to hold this guy down and this and that. Not happening, bro. Just like I was telling you with uh, some of these other fights. I forgot which fight I was saying. It's just not going to happen, dude. Because Michelle, he'll go for a takedown, dude. But he's not disciplined at all with anything he ever does. The guy... You know, does backflips when guys are prone in front of him. He throws illegal knees when he's fighting guys. He loses the first, he loses rounds to Andre Fialo. 
And, you know, I mean, he was gassed against Nico Price as well. Won a split decision against Chaos Williams. Now, that being said, look, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he's old. He's 40, right? He Sometimes he has a grappling hole, right? If you really pursue, I mean, he has a grappling hole. But the guy knows this there. He's always working on it. He's so unorthodox. I've just seen this tale before. You get these Brazilian guys. They think this master striker, like this guy's going to come out, not rip this guy's head off, this, this, and that. Bro, when you get in front of this guy, it's different. And I just think it's a favorable money line price because I don't think that this guy could grapple Steven Thompson. Honestly, I really don't. Um, and then on the feet, I just, if he's not, his, I don't think his hands are quick enough to land, you know, a punch, you know, like, you know, solid strikes consistently. Yeah, he can land a punch, like a solid strike. But I just favor Wonder Boy over a three-round fight at altitude with his kickboxing um, and being able to outsmart, outwit, and outstrike out Alex per, or uh, Michelle Pereira for three rounds. So I got Wonder Boy Thompson, anything under minus 150. I agree. I agree once again. A lot of good points there. I mean, you do have to be concerned with with someone at the age of, uh, what is he, 39 or 40. And there is some statistic that the fighters with a 10-year younger age gap are winning like at a really, really high rate this year, like 90% or something like that. Yeah. Small Michelle is, a, Michelle is a 93 guy, so I'm going against that, and it hurt me. Hard, really to believe, does hurt. hard to believe he's hard to believe he's only 29 yes. um yeah, but yeah i mean just same. a lot of a lot of good points there by ozzy i just think that that this fight if it's i think it's going to stay on the feet most of the time and a lot of people seem to be mentioning the wrestling of Pereira. but man the guys who have wrestled wonder boy are you know elite fighters that are really good at taking guys down and controlling them being uh gilbert burns and Bilal muhammad um and then the guys that he's, you know, beaten recently, just his three most recent wins, Luke, Neil Holland. Uh, I mean, I really feel like those guys are all kind of around the same tier as Pereira, if not a little better. Uh, you know, certainly Neil and Luke are, are better strikers than, than Pereira. And I, I don't know, man. I just don't think that, that Pereira has a lot of consistent tools. Ozzy mentioned this. That was a good point. It's like, like, what does this guy, does this guy throw a lot of jabs? Does he throw consistent combinations? No, he kind of just throws a bunch of just janky strikes at different times. And, you know, it lands. He's opportunistic. He knows how to win fights. But I just think this is a big step up for him here. I, I don't trust him to hit takedowns here. I think he will keep the fight on the feet. And I just think that Wonder Boy is going to be uh, the much more layered and diverse striker here, even at the age of 40. We just saw Wonder Boy go through a tough round one versus Holland. He ate some shit there. He looked like he was hurt at times. And then in round two, he got right to work and started beating him up. And then I remember one of the best live lines ever. Like they like Wonder Boy was in complete control of the fight, taken over, and he was plus 180 in between the second and third round there. And then Wonder Boy just whooped his ass in the third and fourth round and stopped him there. So I know you got to be concerned about a 40-year-old fighter here. But I mean, I think Wonder Boy, you know, just got past a pretty, you know, respectable win just about six or seven months ago so i like that for his chances here i agree with ozzy that he is the value side at this current price i think anything under minus you know 170 is good so i will likely end up on wonder boy here hopefully he can get the job done that's going to move us to the co-main event light heavyweight division not a title fight but it sure damn feels like it because jamal hills allegedly vacating his belt uh, I don't know why this one it wasn't for the vacant belt. Maybe there's some strings that are you know not fully in a place here. But we got the former champ Don Blahovich taking on the other former champ Alex Pereira, moving up to light heavyweight here. Odds of this one a dead pick'em, and man, 
what a matchup here you know i think that this is a really really good fight man just a fight where you could talk about it for for an hour beforehand because both guys have a real clear path to victory both guys have weaknesses that the other is susceptible to and you know you can make a good case for either guy here at pick em odds um to me i think you know there's a better argument for jan blahovic but i still get this feeling that that it's still like Alex's time and this guy's you know, going to pull off something spectacular in there. Um, but be, that's just because Alex, you know, he just has like an aura about him. He's just a cool fucking guy to root for. Um, is 36 years old. He is moving up in, in weight here. He's definitely fighting the, the much, much more MMA fighter, the more natural two Oh five, or although there won't be that much of a size discrepancy here and, uh, you know, the much better grappler. So, the way I'm seeing the fight, I'm looking at it, is if the fight is on the feet here, it's definitely going to favor Alex Pereira. It's going to favor him by a, a good margin, but not by, you know, some, I think, gigantic gulf. I don't think Jan will be completely out of his depth at any point. This guy's been fighting at light heavyweight for a long time. He's fought a lot of scary strikers throughout his time. He's lost to some of them, and he actually has beaten a good amount of them as well. So, you know, the guy's a, a, a good boxer. He checks leg kicks well. Uh, I think he is, uh, you know, a, a solid overall striker so i don't think he's going to be completely out of his depth here but if the fight gets to the floor i think the story is a little different i think that alex Pereira's mma grappling just isn't up to par and you know he is he was a middleweight he was a light heavyweight i don't fault him too much because you don't really have to work on your grappling too much you know i mean the guy is such a good striker and he has a good understanding of footwork a little bit of an understanding of takedown defense but when it comes to actually being put on his back and getting up from there i don't think the guy has much of an idea at all what to do so if blahovich comes in with a wrestling heavy game plan and is able to hit takedowns here i think he has a much easier path to covering a favorite price tag than Alex does because I really think one takedown here and you know I could see Pereira going to guard going to full guard getting you know half guard Blahovich is laying on top of him maybe stalling a bit at some times and if he's aggressive man he might be able to just slice through his guard and get the dominant positions on Alex here so I think that that at Pickham logically speaking I, I I think Blahovich is the side but I also don't want to invest in this fight. I don't want to be get betting against Alex Pereira. This guy does have the touch of death, incredible boxing and power on the feet. Uh, he is moving up in weight here. Definitely has more left in the tank for his overall career. Uh, Blahovich definitely at the tail end of his career. So I, it's hard to make an investment in the fight. A, a bet I do see on the fight that I do like, though. Um, I, I am sort of thinking that goes a distance is value, but I'm thinking the no scorecards bet for Alex Pereira here, because like I was just saying about the, the different dynamics of the fight, if the fight is going Jan's way, let's say he's getting takedowns here. I don't think the sub is going to look super, you know, imminent. I think that he has a good chance of just laying on top winning rounds, uh, via decision. Uh, but if the fight's going Alex's way, if he's winning the fight, keeping it standing and landing strikes, then he is much more likely to look, for the finish and to hit the finish. So when the, the, the no scorecards is at a damn near pick them on DraftKings minus 120 for Alex uh, Pereira, no scorecards. I think that's a good bet here. I just think he's more likely to finish out of the two. So um, passing it over to Ozzy here. I'd like to hear your thoughts. About well, well, yeah. So we got this fight 205, <clears throat> two kickboxers naturally. And I mean, I'm just hearing how Jan is going to do this seven third in grappling to this Brazilian guy who, let me remind you, Martian trains in the Northeast. And it's just not happening, bro. This mother, 
the, Jan Blahovic has gotten soundly outgrappled in his last three fights. That's how he's lost. He's gone one, one, and one. Okay, he gassed bad in his last fight. Only only success he had was kicking this motherfucker Ankalaev's you know calves and his ankles and shit. And you know who doesn't mind that? A motherfucker who's made out of mahogany. Okay, and that's Alex Pereira. Heard by the goat, Joe Rogan himself. He told me that. All right, personally, and we talk all the time. Uh, and so, so we have Polish power against Mahogany, and Mahogany is just gonna win out because um, at altitude or just at range between these two guys, Jan, yeah, he, you know, he's he he's crafty. He does these shifting strikes where he throws his little leg kicks after. You know who that shit ain't gonna work on, bro? Alex fucking Pereira. Because Alex Pereira is not thinking about taking him down like Ankalaev is. Alex Pereira is not trying to think about all oh, his championship pay or Ali Abdelaziz, you know, getting his contract like Ankalaev is doing or what the fuck. Who, who, who's who's the dictator that Ankalaev works for, Martian, that your boy could always, always writes about? Kadyrov. He's not thinking about what Kadyrov thinks about the fight. None of that shit, dude. He's thinking about knocking Jan Blahovic's head off. And Jan is not going to be able to grapple this guy and hold him down for, th for, for 15 minutes. Alex Pereira is different from Izzy. Izzy just laid... I mean, he kind of like played guard. Alex Pereira doesn't have guard. He doesn't play guard. He's going to be getting up. He's going to try to get up at least. And the thing is, he's not going to be at a physicality disadvantage like Israel Adesanya was. He's been thinking about moving up to this weight class. And I think he was like, hey, Jan, like he, he doesn't think Jan is a good gra wrestler, grappler at all. Cause he's not. He almost got uh, uh, can opened by freaking Glover Teixeira. Like they were, he was folding his neck in and he got a sur surgery after that. And then he was like plus 250 against Rakic. And people are like, he's done. He's cooked. And he wins that fight. And then he kicks a guy in the calves for, 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 you know, two rounds in the end, gets a draw. And now people are like, yo, he's going to grapple fuck a guy. It's not happening, dude. So I got Alex Pereira. I, I got him at a little bit at plus 105. I like him to knock Jan Blahovic's head off at some point. Um, Because I just feel that, like I said, when it's at range, when they're settled in and they're actually throwing hands, I do think Alex Pereira has a much superior, uh, you know, punches. If you see some of these blitzes Jan comes in with, look at how he got knocked out by Tiago Santos, man. That was That's really the shit. He still does that. He still does that. He does that all the time. And another fact that I will mention that people don't say is against Izzy, that was in a small cage. That was the night of the Stipe versus, uh, what's it called? The uh, fucking Engano uh, uh, fight. And that was the same night. And it was a small cage. And obviously, he did get Izzy down. You know, Wait. was didn't need the cage all the time. Yeah, Are you sure about that? Yes. 100%. Um, it was in a small cage. Uh, it was in the Apex, bro. Mm. Um. It was right after the Apollo Costa fight. The Apollo Costa fight was in Abu Dhabi, and then that, that, that one was in, like, March. That, so, is, that, that seemed to be true. It was all true. So, so yeah, that's so what I think is going to happen. I don't think that he's going to be able to really corner Alex Pereira or pressure. Like, how is Jan getting these takes? Dude, Alex Pereira might take Jan down. How about that? What's Jan? How's Jan looks off his back? Ask fucking Patrick <laughs> Cummings or, or whoever the fuck that was. Up, though. Corey, Corey Anderson. Ask Corey Anderson what he looked like. Alex took Izzy down. Why can't he take Jan down? But then what's people he are like, yo, what's he people, people, what's Jan gonna do? People are like, oh, Jan hey, took uh, down Izzy. You look, this is an MMA math people play that they don't even grapple, dude. They're like, Jan took down Izzy. Izzy took down uh, Alex. Uh, Jan could take them both down. He, Jan's both of their downs. So let's fucking see. Let's see. Interesting.
There's a, there's some, this is a good fight to concoct a same game parlay on. Honestly, I like it's like Jan to get a takedown. Jan one one plus takedown. Alex, uh, uh, significant strikes. Uh, and Alex knockout. Well, you could just take like like for instance, you could do Jan to get a takedown in round one plus Jan money line, and that gets you to to two, plus two twenty. Like how the, I don't think he's winning the fight unless he's getting a takedown in round one. But uh, this is the thing. When has he ever shot a takedown around one? Not recently. It's the same thing as the Sean Strickland fight, dude. Not recently. You're telling me no. Here's the thing. You're telling me no, but it's yes, dude. You're Bro. relying on Bro. this guy who's famed for legendary Polish power to grapple fuck the guy. The guy coming up a division. He's going to just tuck his dick in his balls right in his little... And be like, you know what, Alex? I don't want. I can't. I can't strike with you at all. I'm going to take you down. You're the smaller oh, guy. Well, don't, I'm you shoot think that, don't you think that he understands the matchup a little bit and he's like, yo, I'm fighting a kickboxer. Maybe I should wrestle this fight. Jan's just, Jan's you think Sean Strickland? Jan's a smart, but no, but Sean Strickland, Sean Strickland is not a smart guy. Jan Blachowicz is a smart guy. Very rational right, we'll guy. You, sure. we, would, you, you would say you like Jan overall, though, like as like a, uh, like a... Bro, who gives a fuck? No, no, no. No, no one cares care. about that shit, bro. Is like Jan, you said, Martin, we're here for hard-hitting betting analysis. Okay, here you like? Here go. Wait, no. Is Jan Blachowicz a smart guy? Bro, I don't know. I don't see his wonderlick. I mean, his wonderlick. No, I smart. need you to. I need you to say yes or no. Is he a smart guy? I have no idea. The answer is subjective. Yes. He's yeah. He very subjective. I remember maybe maybe time, maybe by Pennsylvania. Maybe by Pennsylvania. Time, time I remember you saying anybody who is is a smart person. I think you said something along those lines. Well, um, then you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. That's so how about fine. that? That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll be fine with being an idiot if Jan if, 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 if Jan Blahovich gets his flowers, you know, who's not a Alex Pereira is not bilingual, he doesn't speak like any English, so okay, as worth considering. Um, main event time this fight is technically for the bad motherfucker title, but honestly, that seems pretty stupid that they're doing that. The baddest motherfucker title, not the bad motherfucker title, the baddest. Oh, my fault, yeah, yeah even though, right. right, right, right. Um, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. Rematch of one of the greatest fights ever. Just an absolute slobber knocker back in the day in Arizona in 2018. Boys beat the shit out of each other for, you know, 17 minutes or something like that before Gaethje uh, fell over in the fourth round, got finished. Finally rematching. Amazing fight. Dustin Poirier is the favorite at minus 145. Justin Gaethje plus 125 dog. Your turn to start this one off first. Let's hear your thoughts. Main event, 155 action. We got these guys here. Obviously, I would say two UFC Hall of Famers coming up on deck. Obviously, Justin Gaethje, I would say the it's probably I'd have to rank him top three. My favorite fighters ever. Remember, you know, his face, you know, going back. But, um, you know, into this fight, obviously, you know, we both know the guys skill, both guys skills. But I'm morally obligated to pick Justin Gaethje. And we're trying to fulfill the prophecy. The prophecy right now is the new prophecy is knockout uh, Dustin Poirier in the second round, fight Conor McGregor in like April for the BMF, and then knockout Armin Sarukian, who by then will have the title in September of 2024, and then retire. So that's the that's the new prophecy. Um, we had the road bump with uh, Oliveira, but here coming against uh, uh, Dustin, you know Dustin's good, man. Dustin. But Dustin's just so opportunistic. And you know what Justin Gaethje has worked on? Minimizing the opportunities for these guys to hit him. And, you know, the thing we're here with Dustin, I don't think Dustin's going to be overwhelming with speed. So I think Justin's going to be able to find his opportunities with his dab 
which has been improving. Um, and then setting up that leg kick as well. Obviously, he's got to kick to both sides. He's got to go to the body. But I do think this fight is probably going to be a little more elongated. Just because both guys have been showing to me, like, their guards. Like, they've been good. Like, Justin's been much better with his defense, keeping his hands up, rolling with shots, both body strikes and head strikes. Um, and Dustin's always been really, really good at that. So I do think the steam on the over two and a half is warranted. I do think we're going to see, a, even though, you know, both guys are saying, hey, blah, 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 like crazy violence, this and that. I think there's going to be a lot of violence, but I do feel that there's going to be a little bit, tiny bit of feeling out with a few jabs and, you know, a few leg kicks and stuff like that. And we're going to establish, you know, who's going to be winning in certain ranges. I'm not betting it over two and a half. Don't get me wrong. This is not a fight that I want over in. Um, but I'm going to have a money line ticket on Justin Gaethje. I just think his power is going to eventually start winning out. I think he's able to attack Dustin in a number of different ways. But I'm interested to see how Dustin uses his kicks. Um, he has become uh, a more of a kicker in a few, like the fights against McGregor um, and a few other fights he had. I think after Jim Miller, another Northeast shootboxer, uh, destroyed his leg with that calf kick, he's like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do that to somebody back. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a barn burner, slobber knocker. I really hope Dustin Poirier doesn't win, even though I do like him. Um, it's not that much analysis, I think, in the fight. I just think just to get you in a fight behind the jab, mix up the targets, um, and then be able to counter and just knock out Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines. We're, we're aligning a lot this week. Um, but I do agree. I do agree with a lot of that there. Um, you know, it, everybody saw the first fight and how crazy it was. I mean, back and forth war there. Everyone is expecting this to be a back and forth war. And then one guy, you know, you're getting that, you know, plus 125. You're getting the plus money on him instead of laying juice. And in my opinion, right away, that seems good to me. You know, no matter who would be plus 125 in this fight, I would be taking them. If Dustin Poirier would be 125, I would like him. JG is plus 125. I like him in this spot. Um, because at the end of the day, these guys are just going to beat the living shit out of each other. And I don't think that, you know, either guy is going to be looking like a big favorite at any time. I would be pretty surprised in like the live lines if any guy was like more than like minus 200 for any long stretch of time. I think it's just going to be back and forth crazy shit. Um, you know, Poirier in his recent fights, you know, he has been gutting some of them out. But I think even his most recent fight against Chandler, man, very, very flawed performance in that one. I mean, round one, he was getting hit early and often. Then he came back and, and wore Chandler out in that round. Round two, he got taken down and spent almost the entire round on his back. Round three, he was getting taken down again. Justin or Gate Chandler goes for a stupid move, ends up on bottom, gets his back taken, and gets choked choked out. So he was very opportunistic, like Ozzy said, but that that win was very very flawed. And you know, just the shit that Chandler did in round one there. I mean, he was just being really aggressive, pressuring him, throwing hands, and he was landing because uh, Poirier just relies on his durability. You know, he does. He's never had you know amazing defense. He's just been incredibly durable. Obviously, that will start to you know fade away at some point. And the guy is 34. He's been in an insane amount of wars. Been in the UFC 10 years straight, just going to absolute wars with every single fighter that he's fought. So, you know, you do have to be concerned that the the miles, you know, the the durability miles could be you know waning off here. On the other hand, with Gaethje, we just saw him fight uh, Fizia. We just saw him take. Uh, you know, some hellacious shots in the first round and two of that fight. And then he came out being the much fresher fighter. I mean, guys, he was getting his body kicked so hard in those first two rounds. And then he was still the fresher fighter in the third round. To me, that just shows 
incredible resilience, durability, cardio, ability to maneuver and work through a fight. And even though I did score that fight one, rounds one and two for Fiziev, uh, you know, Gaethje, you know, did everything he needed to do to make that fight close enough for him to steal it on the scorecards. And, you know, he was definitely the fresher fighter in the third round there. So I think, you know, to me, I'm just a little bit more confident in Gaethje's durability and his cardio, uh, even though. Dustin Poirier is a notoriously amazing durability and cardio fighter. I just think I've seen it a little more recently from Justin Gaethje here. Um, Gaethje has altered his fighting style a good amount since their first fight. He doesn't have that same reckless aggression type of style. But I think I'm really excited to see what this new, you know, measured version of Gaethje can do against Poirier in this fight. Um, I'm just really, really looking forward to it. I do have Justin Gaethje winning the fight. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely a winnable fight for either guy. Um, I think it should be a pickup, man. I really, the, when this line first got announced, I'm pretty sure it was pickup 50, 50 fight to me. And you're getting, you know, uh, 25 cents on the dog side for Justin Gaethje. That's enough for me to make him a bet in this fight. Um, do agree with Ozzy. It's, pr I think it will probably hit the, the middle to late rounds. It's going to start getting sweaty. Uh, but Ozzy, I mean, you know, for, we like betting overs that are sweaty. This one might be a, a good recipe for that, but it's at minus 140, man. I would be like to like to get plus money on that two and a half because it's going to be a crazy two and a half rounds. So, uh, very good fight card. I'm looking forward to this one thoroughly from top to bottom. And that's going to bring us to the uh, everyone's favorite segment, the segment sweeping the, the podcast nation, the fuck, Mary kill segment. I have my three lines for you ready to rock and roll. I hope you have three for me. Uh, who do you want us to start? Uh, you start this week. You give me yours. Okay, I'm going to give you yours. And there are three I specifically tailor-made these for you, Ozzy. I knew I, wow. th this is going to be a tough, tough decision. Okay, mm. the first line, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson minus 145. Second mm -hmm, line, mm -hmm. Alex Poetan Pereira minus 110. Last one, Justin the Highlight Gagey plus 125. Three money lines. Which one are we doing? And what was the first one again? Wonderboy. Wonderboy. Wonderboy, Poltan, and Gaethje. Um, mm, damn, damn. Those are my three. So I'm going to fuck. Hmm, I'm going to fuck. Damn, that's tough, bro. Ah, oh, damn. I'm going to fuck. Wonderboy, bro. I'm fucking Wonderboy. Nice. All right? I'm fucking, the, I'm fucking the nicest motherfucker out here. Um, and, and I want that on my kill list. I want that on my, on, on my, uh, yeah, I want that on my mantle. So I got him. I'm going to marry. Oof, this is hard, man. Damn, money line wise, I'm going to marry Justin Gaethje. And then I, unfortunately, I got to kill my boy Polton. Because mm. I just can't kill my boy. I can't kill my. If you told me uh, Polton KO, maybe I would just, you know, for the value, I would go on the other side. All right. Sounds good, though. All right. So I'm going to give you three, Martian, right here. So first one for you is the over one and a half in Lewis versus the Lima. Okay, plus, uh, let's go 158 on uh, FanDuel. So we'll go that one. We'll go Kiesa Moneyline, plus 124. And we'll go with, um, what's, her, what's his girl's name? Uh, uh, or, and we'll go with CJ Vergara. Mm. I was going to give you Priscilla Cachuera, but I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> All right. My, this one is easy for me. This one is easy for me. It really yeah. is. Um, because right off the bat, there's a kill in there. And that's the over one and a half in Derek Lewis. You got to kill that what? right off the bat. Don't you hear? Don't you hear? What's it? Starts round two? What? 
You're, you're the heavyweight over guy, bro. No, not 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 in this spot. Not in this one. Not in this no. spot. I don't even know yeah, if our boy right. Marcus Marcus from New Jersey. I don't even know if he's gonna be betting the second the starts round two in this one. Okay. Well, well, this that's a valuable one. Then I wanted to make sure every that was clear for everybody. Okay, that's the, the kill. That's know? the kill. The fuck. Okay. The the sl- small investment. I'll do CJ Vergar because mm. I the cardio advantage there is very significant, and you made some good points about him. Uh, I'll fuck CJ Vergara, nice small guy to fuck. And then we'll have Michael Chiesa as the married because he is the Maverick. You got, you know, you got to marry the Maverick. And uh, he is the biggest bet I have of the card. So they got to, got to do that one there. Um, so yeah, nice. that, 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 that's going to do it, Ozzy. Uh, so we got, and then, and then, then we got, we got to mention the, the, the last few fights uh, of the weekend. Obviously, the biggest fight in boxing of the year. Uh, probably probably the, the biggest fight in, in the decade of boxing. Uh, Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford. Who you got in that one? And what is the method of victory? I got Terrence Crawford to win this fight. I've been riding or dying on my boy. And uh, I either think uh, Crawford by decision or, you know, maybe uh, in, in those like 10th, 11th, 12th rounds, they just start scrapping hard, and he gets a knockout. But I am very confident in my boy Bud Crawford. Mm. I am as well. I am. I am. I wouldn't. I would say I'm feeling good about Crawford. I wouldn't say very confident. I do think it will be a decision, and he better win these rounds damn clear. Because if it's anywhere close, I really think they're going to give this fight a draw, and they're gonna they're gonna do the rematch. Obviously, that that's the very lucrative option. Draws. They, they could do. They could do a rematch regardless, though. So I, if true. I, if either of them, they both got a rematch clause. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I will go with uh with Terrence Crawford to get it done there. Decision eight rounds to four. Any any uh Bellator things that stand out that you want to mention? Obviously, we we both got Sleepy Tello, Danny Sleepy Tello. Um, and other than that, I uh, I don't got anything else. Awesome. Yeah, me neither. I'll, I'll go Korshkov, uh just as a lean there. I don't know why. Yeah, I, that's I, one fight that I still need to look at a little bit more. But uh, yeah, great fights, great talk. fights in Bellator. Uh, there's Cage Warriors, there's LFA, there's uh, boxing. Just a, a big, big weekend in combat sports, and we'll follow another weekend too. We got another UFC card: Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz coming up. And we just got a lot of good fights going on. So, thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend. Win some bets, and we'll see you all before the next UFC card next week. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.